Blog Talk Radio. Now we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. The choice is yours. Three is the hard way. Three is the hard way. Three is the hard way. You want to do it the easy way or the hard way? With over 30 years of combined wrestling experience and knowledge, nearly every bit of it Woody's, Georgia Wrestling History presents Three the Hard Way. You know, we, we run a lot of storylines, and 
that has really kept people's interest coming back. You know, they want to come see how, what's going on. And, and I'll tell you, it's, it's actually helped us in all of our locations. As you know, George Clooney Wrestling is primarily spot shows. But, uh, I mean, we have them following us to Benton, Tennessee, uh, all the way up past uh, Blue Ridge to uh, Blairsville. And, I mean, it's just they're following us everywhere. And it's, it's, it's helped our crowds everywhere by – running these spot shows and running these storylines because they don't want to miss it. So it's really great. Yeah, and, you know, that the whole Empire thing there was a bit of a stretch for the normal kind of story that has been told. You know, by, like you said, because you guys are, are not in the same place every week. Um, you move around a lot, and, and you, it's a big area you cover. Um what do you think? What do you think caught the people's eye about that thing? Well, I'll tell you, uh, Drew. You, you you know Drew. He's just a, a great performer, uh, and makes it so real. I mean, we had people that were so mad they were ready to kill him. I mean, they were just uh, everything that came out. I mean, I, I've just never seen anything like it. I'll just be honest with you. I mean, it was like the '70s when you didn't have social media and. You know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Where all yeah, the mystique no, no, I'll, I'll, gone. Yeah. You know, you, you know, so much mystique gone. But he brought he brought the mystique back. I mean, he played yeah. his role very good, and it was just uh, it was it was just a really good storyline that everybody knew their parts and carried it out perfectly. You know, without a doubt, there was no egos in the way. Everybody just worked together, and it, it really came off. And like I say, people did not want to miss it. We had 60 reserves for this show uh, before we got there. So, you know, we, we knew right off the bat that, you know, it was going to be a, a pretty decent crowd, but they were saying, we're not going to miss this match tonight, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it was a great feeling. Um, we, uh, we, did our, we did our little show down there in Porterdale. Um, and just like you guys know, it's getting close to big show time for both of us, for, uh, for for you guys and us both. And, you know, that means you can't have a misstep. And i got to tell you, I have been around PCW now for, I don't know, six, seven years. I've been sort of behind the scenes for the last couple. And I saw something Saturday night that I've, I don't think I've ever seen there before. Um, there is a local kid there whose name is Jam. And every indie promotion here that's, that's worth their salt and has run a long time has probably had a couple of these kinds of guys pass through that um, they're, they're very, you know, literally young in the business and, and young in age both and um, just trying to get a foothold, trying to find something, just, just wants to be a part of the show. You know, he started, he'd come around, um, I think even before we were out in Porterdale, he was – you know, around at some of those masquerade shows, but just a guy whose face you'd always see, you know, in the in the hecticness of, of a wrestling show day, maybe you don't get a chance to, to talk to the guy and get to know him as much as you like, but he's just always there. And then, you know, something will happen, you know, life will get in the way. And, and uh, for him, it really got in the way because he had some, a serious health scare at, at a very young age. And, and he just started making his way back into wrestling regularly. Um, maybe, maybe three or four months ago, give or take. Um, and then he was there for a little while, and then, and he he fell off, and we just didn't see him. And then he, he comes back, and and the kid walked in the door, um, 
three shows ago, and we hadn't seen him in a while. First time back in forever, and he walks to the ring, and he calls out Bill the Butcher. I don't know why he decides this. I guess it's the age-old adage of find the biggest dudes you can find and punch them in the mouth if you want to make a name for yourself. So he calls Bill out. And, you know, Bill is a, a minion of the carpenter, and carpenter comes out, and he's got puts a bad mouth on Jam, but Jam just he wants to have this match. Well, he has a match, and he gets he gets beat, and they leave, and Jam pulls himself back up, and he's gets the microphone again, and he challenges Bill again. He beats him on a on a countout. He challenges Bill again. Well, Bill comes in, kid fights hard, he beats him again. So we think that's the end of it. Luckily, he survived without being maimed. Was certainly brutalized, beat up bad. And I'm hoping, honestly, I'm hoping to myself, okay, he's learned his lesson. He got in there. He 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 made a go of it. So maybe now he'll understand that it's a process. You can't have it overnight. <laughs> yeah. So the next week he comes out again, and he's begging for Bill the Butcher. Bill's not there this week, and, and, and Carpenter says he's it's not going to happen anytime, so he might as well quit doing it. So fast forward to this past Saturday. Um, the Carpenter and his goons have just beaten the Danger City Demons, um, and they have, have put themselves in a great place going into sacred ground. They get to name a stipulation, or they I should say they get to uh, they get to get a match that they want, and the Demons can't be a part of it, so it's all going great for the Carpenter. Well, guess who shows up again? Jam again, and he calls out the butcher, and then Carpenter won't let it happen. Well, the Carpenter and the Bullets and everybody else, they go to the back where the butcher stays, and he's going to give this kid this match, and they proceed to absolutely destroy each other. I mean, they're just, they're killing each other. It's not a wrestling wow. match. I said it's, it's, it's a fight for survival. So this kid's trying to survive this. Well, at some point, Bill just basically picks him up and launches him into the ring post on the outside. His head just wow. explodes. There's blood all over the place. There's blood all over the place. And um <laughs> falls right at his mother's feet. And she is doing what any of us would do in that scenario and she is losing her mind. So I have to leave my position at the commentary table and go check this out. Well Daryl, I tell you man, I had never seen anything like this in my life. When I round the corner I look down and it, it he's a, I mean he's just a bloody mess and it looks like he's having a seizure and so his mother's freaking out I'm worried um, l- luckily for, under any other normal circumstance the butcher would have seen blood and, and went in for the kill but there was something different about him tonight I, I don't know what it was but he got back in the ring and the official starts his count while all this is going on I'm trying to get message to the referee that we just need to stop this right now. I'm running around trying to find my phone, trying to get ready to call the ambulance. Referee gets to nine, and I'll be down if I can look up, and the kid's crawling back in the ring. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'm, I'm terrified at this point because now what can we do? He's in the ring. We're not even going to get the, get the, the opt-out of getting the count out here and just being able to take care of him and get Butcher out of the way. Well, he ain't dead, and he keeps fighting, and somehow, some way, he wins the match. And the explosion in that place, the the sheer—I don't know if it was joy 
or just relief that we didn't see a murder on our watch. <laughs> um, that 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 sent a shock through that building, and you know, just in that moment, you're like, "This is what it's all about." Right. This is when what they, they do. Yeah. When they when 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 that roar goes up and it's like they're going to tear the building off, you know, it's done right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know, making sure to say, "Hey, man, join us the next time," and this and that, and the other thing, and making sure to do the right stuff to end your show so they know when to come back and what you got on store for them next time. And I'm going like. They ain't listening to me. <laughs> they ain't listening to me. All they want to yeah. do is get up there and put their arm around this kid and say thank you and, and uh, can't believe you survived. And, I mean, for guys like me and you who don't know that side of it, who don't know the actual wrestling side of it, I just I was just trying to figure out, like, what drives a person to do that? How do you... How do you wake up? How do you set an alarm in the morning? Like, you know what? Saturday's coming. I'm going to get up and go challenge Bill the Butcher. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go challenge the Butcher. Yeah, and, exactly. and it just got me to thinking about just this, you know, it's an overused trope um, in wrestling, especially in commentary and all that. You talk about heart and the guy not giving up and, and all those things. And, and I say it's overused because we we say it, you know. It's and every time a smaller guy's fighting a big bigger guy, that's probably going to come up. But in some cases, it's the real deal. And and it's all heart that because literally, literally that kid's heart <laughs> almost gave out on him, um, and he fought through that to get back into wrestling, and then he gets into this match. Um, who are some of the guys that either work for you now? Or you saw coming up, and I mean, any time when you were, who were some of those guys that just had that heart that got to you? Oh, uh, you know, with GPW, this Ray Ray, you know, the ultimate underdog. I mean, he goes out, he takes the team week after week after week, and sometimes, somehow, I, I, I've seen him with Cyrus destroying him and keep getting up and going and going, and you're like, why do you keep going? Just yeah. <laughs> yeah, lay down. <laughs> Nobody's going to lose one ounce of respect for you if you just lay down. Oh, I'm telling you, and and, and it's just unreal. I mean, well, it's 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 the you know the Daniel Bryan deal. You know, Daniel Bryan was so small in in uh, WWE, but he just kept go, coming at him and kept coming at him, and, and and just that no stop, all the heart in the world. You know, you're going to have to kill me. And uh, you know, yeah. these guys out there—that's that's that's the way they live their life in the wrestling world because you know it's the way they have to survive. It's the only way they can survive and keep going. And speaking of Ray Ray, I was there. One of the one of my favorite shows that I ever got to work on was it was Woody's benefit show when he's getting ready to have his knee surgery. Um, and <laughs> Ray Ray. Ray Ray had gone through a rough time. He had had a couple matches that he just wasn't satisfied with and some things had happened that he just wasn't happy about. And he was a little down on himself. And, um, you know, everybody, you can't help but root for the kid and just love him. He's a genuinely great person. I mean, you just, everybody loves him. And, you know, Woody doesn't have a practice session that he's not there first in the door, last out of the door, all those things, all those things you say about people like that. Absolutely apply to him. And um, so, you know, everybody kind of knows Ray's having a rough go of it, trying to get trying to get himself 
get get his own head right more than anything. So what does Woody do? He just sticks him in the ring with Kyle Matthews. <laughs> that's that's what Woody does. Just throws him right in the deep end of the pool. And you know, Ray is particularly you know nervous. He's he's. I mean, we both just saw Kyle Matthews go toe to toe with Chris Hero. <laughs> we were sitting together as this was going on. Um, right. So. And we've said multiple times, um, technical wrestler of the year here. At the end of the day, they should probably just name the damn award after him. So Ray Ray is in there with him. And, you know, he's not giving up, fighting hard. And and then Kyle goes into that ending that we all know so well. And we're all in the back yelling, Ray, whatever you do, don't get caught in that corner. Don't get caught in that corner. Don't get caught in that corner. And he doesn't. He doesn't get caught in the corner, and he gets on the top rope, and he hits this giant tornado DDT, and he hooks Kyle's legs. And he, one, two, and three. Three count hits. And the look on his face is as priceless of a thing as I've ever seen in my life. Um, and Because he, he just he didn't think it could be done. But he did it. And, and man, is it, is it just gorgeous when it all works together. Um, so, I, I, go ahead, yeah. I'm sorry. He is, and you know, from that time, I wasn't uh, able to go to the benefit. I had to be out of town. But from that time, and then right after, he had a match with Jason Collins, and it's like he woke up. I mean, he yeah. really woke up and just, uh, it's just clicking with him really well. He has had some phenomenal matches, and yeah. just amazing. It tore it the same way. I mean, it's like the guys over the last year have really woken up and just, I mean, took on some great things. And I'm going to tell you, Torch is really, he and Ray Ray have really improved so much over the last year. And, and you know, uh, it, it's just unbelievable. But, you know, it's Yeah, it you know, just kind of talking about some of these guys, we've got some of the, you know, like Torch and Ray Ray talked about Jam. Um, but perhaps the the best, I hate to say undersized because it sounds like a negative, but, you know, guys of smaller stature, guys that are they're just, they're not tall guys. They, I don't know if they just didn't push far enough to the table or what, but they're just not tall, whatever. Um, but is anybody under, you know, five, I don't know, eight, five, seven, you know, cruiserweight size, is there anybody in the world better than Slim J? It's funny you just said that. That is the name I was about to bring up. I I really want. There's there's a match I want, and we've been trying to get it. So I said we got to make the match. I would love to see Slim J and Tort get together now, right now. With the word yeah. Tort's at in his career, I think they can share yeah. the house because Slim J is. So it's like he's on the top of his game right now. Torch on the top of his game, and we tried to book that a couple times, and just can't seem to make the dates. But I'm telling you, that can you imagine that? Uh, Slim is absolutely on fire right now. Um, we have been lucky enough to have him. I get, like you just said, I just I tried to get him to PCW a dozen times, and it just could, we couldn't work it out. You know, whatever just wouldn't work out. Well. Came down um, a few months ago, a couple months ago, and and 
just just kind of let him showcase his talents and <laughs> had a match with Logan Creed. It was incredible. And then, to, to your point, he was in with Stunt Marshall um, the last time he was there. And Stunt's not a name that a lot of people up in this area might know, um, but he's a you know he's been he's been in it for a while. He's still relatively young, but he's been plying his trade for a while, and he was well trained, and he's he's got his thing down, and he knows how to act it, and he does a really good job. But I don't know if he had ever been in. But hell, hardly anybody who hadn't been in the ring with Slim J has been in the ring with a caliber guy like Slim J. So um, I, I doubt seriously that he'd had an opportunity to wrestle somebody that is that good. And he got in there and he held his own. And I bet you he is better from this from that day on than he was before because you get in there with a guy like that, you've only got two options. You either get good really quick or you get embarrassed. Exactly. <laughs> and, and and he didn't get embarrassed. He he did his thing and he and what's so important in a match like that is that you don't forget who you are. Because that exactly. can happen. You know, guys, you know, you get in there and you get to wrestle the guy that you really have always wanted to wrestle on you. You start to try to emulate him or you start to just kind of, you want to go toe-to-toe and you want to do the same things he's doing. But, no, that's that's not what got you to that point in the match. What got you to be able to have that match is you were doing your thing. And, but, yeah, Slim is, and we better we better enjoy him while we can. Yeah, because he's, he's going to be... Yeah, you know, the there was a time when the culture on the on the television programs was very different and a guy like him wouldn't get an opportunity. But with ROH being extremely steady and with WWE now having a cruiserweight division and with TNA going through shifts and changes and with Evolve and with all these big things that are happening um, on the independent scene as well, I don't know how you can keep that a secret much longer. Um, if, oh, yeah. if he's I not agree. in Phoenix City next year, then somebody's making a mistake. I agree 100%. I mean, uh, this is really – and, you know, I, my experience in the Indies is very limited. I've uh, I watched wrestling all my life. But really just started in, uh, just found Woody and got into it, a, a, you know, a year and a half. But I, it – I have come across some amazing talent that just like blows your mind. You just like wow. You know, you're talking about Slim J, uh, the Lynch brothers. I mean, I don't think they're going to be around all the time. Somebody's going to get those guys also. You know? And and you see these guys and you think, well, why are they even still here? You know, like what if what if they what if these bigger places not seen them yet? But you know, there's there's a lot of great wrestlers out there. Just a lot of great wrestlers. Um, but you can't overstate those Lynch boys. Um, and that, all this goes back to, to say, really, as me and Woody talked about a lot on here, look what we lost when Empire stopped going as a regular thing from the standpoint of having all those guys in one place. But what we gained was all of us get to get our beaks wet a little bit. <laughs> we all get to dabble in that pool. Um, I, every time I've scrolled through social media, it's been somebody talking about the the uh, Joe Lynch's performance at the PWX, so look forward to moving out, right. getting out there, and and that's that's good for them. It's bad for us because I want to book them every week, you know, all those guys. But there's only so many spots. Um, 
But, but yeah, yeah so, uh, that's just why. So what have y'all got upcoming? Let's talk about this Dead Gum Super Show of yours that I'm curious about. Let's just get it out of the way. Y'all knew I wanted to meet Ricky Dragon Steamboat. <laughs> but you go and have the thing on sacred ground. I'm telling you right now, September 17th, if you ain't out watching wrestling on that day, something's wrong with you. <laughs> that is a wifey. That is your problem because I know that we're doing our best to provide it to everybody. Um, so I'm going to let you go first and talk up this super show that y'all got coming. Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm just, the super show, I'm just super excited about. It's been uh, it's been fun trying to book, uh, to say the least. Uh, if nobody's ever tried to book six or eight stars in one show. Uh, I know a guy who did it. Went, it went swimmingly down there in Dudley. You should call that guy. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's funny you say that, and I'll get back to the show. Uh, we had bus, and you know he he came. He was one of the ones that went down there. And when he comes in the door, I said, uh, I gave him an envelope. Said, here here's your uh, here's your pay. It's a check signed by Mister Green. He looked at me and just started crying laughing. He said, How <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, I heard five said, or ten stories from down there over the weekend, and I am so glad to have got to hear those stories. I mean, they're just they're. they're there, it's locker room talk, so I don't know how comfortable I'd be to get into the specifics. But my goodness, I'm just telling you, if you see, if you know anybody who was on that show and you hadn't talked to them yet, you better get on the phone with them when you're done with this. Yeah, I, uh, I talked to them, but I won't tell you some of the stuff over the uh, podcast. The podcast, what he said, but <laughs> I'll tell you when we get together sometime. We are all uh, going to be sharing these stories in the locker room for a while. Oh yeah, I mean it. It's just that was just, uh, which I mean, you know, I think we're gonna get into it in just a few minutes, but uh, I think so. So, you know. But, but yeah, anyway, who all y'all got coming in there now? Yeah, that's what. Let's get back to the show. You know, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I mean, you know, everybody just starts to see me on me. Just gonna be, you know, he's just a great guy. Nobody's ever met Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Come out and see this guy. This is a class guy that really loves to meet the people. He's just a super nice guy, but nice guy. Billy the Gun, uh, Billy Gun, he's going to be there. And then we had Carlito book, and he had to cancel. So uh, we tried to get a yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Before you before you do the big reveal on this, I just want to point out um, in my infinite altruism. Because Daryl and Woody are my friends. Even though they're running against me on Sacred Ground Day, I was kind enough to, <laughs> to do the voiceover for their commercial. And so I, I did a, I did what I thought was a pretty bang-up job. And I thought, you know what? That's a good thing that I did. You know, these are my, we're putting business aside, friendship first. That's great. They got. I hope. I, I wish them well. Well, I get a call a couple of days later. Hey, man, we've we've had a uh, Carlito cancel on us. I'm like, oh man, yeah. I'll, could you recut the commercial? I said, yeah, man, no problem, no problem. You know, I, I hate that for y'all. And then he tells me who the replacement is, and I get mad all over again. So go ahead, tell the people. <laughs> all right, for the replacement of Carlito is going to be Big Ben Vader. Uh, you make me sick. <laughs> 
I was sweating it so bad. I'm like, who are we going to replace Carlito with a month before the Super Show? And my buddy, and if nobody's ever looked, Tony Hunter is a great guy. And he, he went out looking. He's like, dude, I can get you Big Van Vader. I like do it. So we've got Big Van Vader, Scotty Too Hottie, uh, Ricky Reyes of uh, Lucha Underground, Rebel TNA, and, and we just got several more. You know, it's just uh, go to gpw1.org and you'll see all of it. But it's finally yeah. getting here. It's finally time to get started. Well, there's uh, there's about a month left, so I guess I'll add six or eight more people. What other Hall of Famers y'all got coming in? <laughs> I'll just wait for that. No, Carlito can't. So let's just find a Hall of Famer we can add in. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you doing that commercial for us. That 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 that, that was blast that you doing that. I appreciate that, especially when you you have sacred ground the same day. And that that commercial actually starts airing uh, next Monday, and uh, it's going to be uh, anybody had Comcast which stops all the way up, up North Georgia, uh, you know, to the state line. It's going to be on uh, Comcast. Uh, it'll be on the LJ, uh system also, ETC. Uh, and it'll be on a commercial up in, or on a uh, station up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's a layer when Raw is on SmackDown, uh, Total Divas. The Walking Dead. We try to get it when uh, you know when when people are watching wrestling or uh, you know yeah I say The Walking Dead. So yeah but, yeah four hundred y'all. I'll give you from my house in Alpharetta North. I'll let y'all have them folks. Okay. Everybody from me south, I got to have them. <laughs> I got to have uh, them. Buddy, I hope you, I hope you fill the house and turn them away. You know, like I say I'm there's, there's right enough now. Men out there. There's enough of them. We can get them all. Um, we're gonna battle for Chattanooga, though. We're gonna fight okay. for Chattanooga because that is the home of the Greg Hollander Trophy winner of the Scenic City Invitational, one Mr. Gunnar Miller, and he will be in our main event, take on PCW Champion Jeter. And uh, we talk about that big fight feel. Um, it's just in the building. Oh, yeah. uh, they don't even have to be out there at the same time. And it's just in the building because um, we tell stories, too. You know, we tell stories, too. And sacred ground is where most of those stories are going to culminate. But what we've – I don't know that we've ever – you know, Fourth of July, Gunnar Miller and Jeter have a standoff. And we just announced right then and there. There's no sense in us monkeying around, <laughs> no sense in wasting time. This match belongs at sacred ground. It doesn't belong, you know, that's, that, that's, that's what, as they say, you reserve the stratosphere for that encounter. And that's what sacred ground is for us. It is our pinnacle event. Um, if anybody doubts that, Sacred Ground Chapter 3 is the reason that there's an event of the year award. I'll say that right now. It was so good that ever somebody just had to acknowledge it, so there's a new category for it. So we're always battling to get back to our to our rightful place atop that list. But um, Sacred Ground is something truly special for us because we don't have a bunch of, you know, we don't have a quarterly big show. 
you know, we look at every show as as a big show, and, and Sacred Ground is just the ultimate show. Um, my Fourth of July thing is sure, it, it's it's a big deal. It's a great, you know, Porterdale has just kind of adopted that. That's their Fourth of July celebration, big War Games match, all of that. It, it is excellent. You know, it is it is uh, it's the second biggest thing that we do, but it, nothing compares to the feeling of waking up on Sacred Ground Day. And this year we get that massive title match. And um, already I know that we're also going to have the first ever, first time ever in the same ring will be the man we mentioned earlier, Slim J, and the Revelation Shane Marks. Wow. I'll let y'all catch your breath on that one. (laughs) Oh. That's going to be when you talk match. about I, the last what seven eight years of Georgia wrestling, those are those are if you made if you made a top five list every year for almost the last decade here in this state, I challenge you to not have those two in your top five. That's good. that should be a I'll awesome. never wrestled before. I'll never know. Hey, I'll tell you what. You video yours, and I'll video mine, and we'll change. How about that? <laughs> we'll do a switch. Absolutely. <laughs> man, I, and 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 man, I got to you know. I love. I think we have the best wrestling venue anywhere. I love our building. I love it um, for a number of reasons. Um, and just to give the people some backstory, in case they don't know. Uh, about five years ago, we didn't know what we were going to do. And I say we, sort of retro, I was not a part of this. I was just in the crowd at that time. But PCW didn't know what they were going to do. Um, the guy that ran it then, who shall remain nameless, uh, he was moving. And we didn't know if the show was going to continue. Didn't know what was going to happen. And everybody got together and said, it's too good to just stop doing it. Well, the building that we were in at the time, it was going to go away very soon as well. And so PCW was a bit homeless. And we had been doing shows in Porterdale off and on, you know, for a little while. And the building stepped up, and Tim wanted to give us a home. And so we walked into the building, um, I don't know how long it had sat vacant. There was nothing going on in the building. Just a plain storefront building, white walls, no frills, just a building. But it was a home, and that was good enough. And we started doing a show there. And we started doing a show where we've been weekly. We're doing it every first and third Saturday. And we just keep on trucking. We just keep on rolling, and things happen, and this happens and that happens, but the the show keeps going. And then the next thing you know, after we put a few holes in the wall, <laughs> there's a, the holes are fixed. There's a new coat of paint on the wall. There is some additions being made to the building. There's a, a bar being put in in the back. And now you walk in, and it is just the coziest, most comfortable place for wrestling in the world. And you wouldn't know it was even a wrestling venue during the day when they're running the the company store and they're selling sandwiches out of the front and at night they're selling booze out of the back. And I just love it. But for Sacred Ground, we always want to do something a little different if we can. Um, Last year, 
we had one planned. And Daryl, like you know, <laughs> um, plans don't always go the way you'd like them to. And so we had to switch venues at, at almost a zero hour. We didn't have a lot of lead time. Well, that building I mentioned earlier that PCW used to be in Avondale is now an event space. And so we got that. We ran the show back in our old home, and that was great. But with all the things that have gone on this year, with me and Steve having our issues and the Cornerstone having their issues, um, we needed home field advantage for Sacred Ground. So we're going to be in Porterdale, but we're not going to be in our building because essentially in the same parking lot as ours, right on the same block, the next building over is the old gymnasium. And this gym, is it was the, it was the center of the community in its heyday. And a fire hit it, you know, years, years, years ago. But Porterdale being who they are, you know, nobody cares more about their town than the folks there. And they got together and they said, we're not going to just let the gym die. We're going to bring it back. And it is now this gorgeous brick, almost a, a coliseum feel. And there's big iron gates and there's lighting and there's all this stuff. And not a whole lot goes on over there. So that's where we're going to have Sacred Ground Chapter 7. That's where we're going to see Gunnar Miller and Jeter go at it. That's where Shane Marks and Slim J are going to have their first encounter. That's where we're going to crown a tag team season winner. Um, so a lot's going to go on, and I am just just run ragged <laughs> to get it all together, but I would not have it any other way. It's going to be great. It is going to be wow. absolutely great. That is going to be two events on that night that I think will be landmark for both of our companies, and it. And, you know, it says a lot because me and you are both pretty new at this, in the yeah. grand scheme of things. Um, I guess nobody told us not to be darn fools. I'm coming to conclusion this year every time. Uh, you just about got to be a fool if you're going to do this kind of thing, you know? Uh, you got to be, man. A it's a lot of work for, uh, you yeah. If you're looking at it from a money side, it's a lot of work for a little payoff. But if you're looking at it as doing a great performance, having the fans leave with a smile on their face, shake your hand, saying, "Man, that was the greatest show I've ever saw." I mean, that's yeah. that's the payoff to me. I, if anybody's doing it for money out there, and if, 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 if we want to make money, I don't think I'm crazy, and we're you know, and we do decent at it. But I'm gonna tell you something: the biggest payoff to me is having that match going and looking at the fans and every one of them's right on the edge of your seat and just like amazed and, and right in it and you know all the worry, all their worries in the world are, are behind them except for what's going on in that match that's right and and we've heard a few times you know oh man that's the best show you've ever done and when you can hear that multiple times um, it's that's crazy it's it's really special, and it just it means you're doing something right. Yeah. It, it just means you're doing something right. All right. Well, I think that I see our guest has just popped up, and I'm pretty okay. excited about this. <laughs> As anybody who was listening here last week or anywhere around the scene, I would imagine if you're listening to this show, you definitely heard about the incident in Dudley that Daryl and I alluded to earlier. Um, and we were all ready to geeked up to talk about it, but uh, things happened, and it ended up being the tipping point 
that that jumped in to to cover that spot. But uh, we were not going to be out scooped because another incident happened somewhere else. <laughs> and we're going to get into that with our guest right now. Um, but our guest is not just here to spread gossip because our guest is a bona fide badass. Uh, he is terrifying, and the amount of punishment that he can take is is would be crippling to a normal human being. He is Brad Cash, and we are so glad to have him with us. Brad, how you doing, hey, man? Hey guys, how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing great. Hi, Brad hey, Cash. Brad. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, you know Dale. He's he's been crazy enough to let you on his show a time or two. Yeah. <laughs> What's going well, on, before guys? Before we get into the to the dirt slinging, let's talk about you a little bit because um, you're a guy that I'd seen a time or two. And I'm like, yeah, I can't remember that name. And then you went to while we wrestle, and now <laughs> I don't turn around without somebody telling me about Brad Cash. I said, yeah, I know the guy. I know him. I tried to book him, and he's always full up. <laughs> he is a busy, <laughs> busy man. So um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that match at Wild We Wrestle for a minute. What the All hell right. were you thinking? <laughs> what was going through <laughs> your mind other than skewers? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, the very first forearm Masada hit me with kind of rattled my brain. Um, but it was it was one of those things where. Like, you start doing stuff, and you're like, all right, this is crazy. This is awesome. Oh, damn, now we're getting crazier. Oh, okay, I think I might be dead right now, but somehow I'm still moving. It was one of those It was one of those things. I would have to imagine for a guy who who can do the, the kind of wrestling that you do, that Masada had to be a bit of a pipe dream for you, right? That had to be like a bucket list item that you're like, all right, I, I'll want to do this, knowing that maybe the opportunity will never come. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, uh, actually, I had been talking with Tank for probably probably a year at that point, just even actually just talking about it, saying like, man, I would give anything to step in the ring with Masada and just kind of show people what I can do. And then the opportunity presented itself, and I only had a few weeks' notice. I actually had to fill in for Tank for the yes, match, which was kind of crazy. <laughs> and uh, and you know, it what was, was the ultimate real about those... Tank? Just Tank real. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna step out of this so the kid will have to do it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the very first text I got the next morning was Tank saying, "Hey, are you alive?" And m- my reply back was no, and all he sent back was "Ha ha," you know. Thanks, <laughs> asshole. I'm gonna do a show one day just called Tank Stories because I will never get enough <laughs> Tank Stories. It just will never happen. All right, you wanted to go wrestle last weekend, Brad. That's what I yes. heard you wanted to do. Yeah, I, I guess, everything went fine, right? Everything was smooth, nothing crazy. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you want to, if you want to call losing the building, you know, two hours before the show because some little carny 
little bastard up in Knoxville wants to always ruin everything that comes into town. Yeah, everything went smooth. So do we know what happened? Yes. Uh, All right. So here was the deal, and this is going to be one of those stories where you're going to have to keep me on track because there was a whole bunch of other deals caused by the same person. But <laughs> you gotta figure out which one we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um about about four months ago, uh I was asked to help book a help book a show. Um and we were even gonna do it for charity. So we built up for four months to do this show in Knoxville. Building confirmed, you know, all this stuff. Uh, I booked about half the card. The other guy booked half the card because uh, I told I told him I didn't want to book my own match. So, you know, then he surprised me and booked me against Tommy Dreamer, which was, you know, cool. That was a dream match for me, but uh, every, everything's good. Then I'm about 20 minutes away from the venue. I said I'd be the first one there. I walk in, and the lady at the desk asked me what I'm doing there, and I said, uh, I'm here to help set up the wrestling. And she looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I said, we've had an event booked here for at least four months. Uh, You know, this whole big deal is like, uh, what's going on? And she said, she said, oh, yeah, you guys canceled that. Oh, no. And I looked at her, and I said, who canceled it? Because, first of all, I had never talked with them, so they weren't going to know my name anyways. But mm-hmm. So there was only one other person from our group that was talking to them, and his name was Pat. And I'm and I'm sitting here at first thinking the worst of Pat. I'm like, if this guy canceled our show after all this, I'm going to find him and I'm going to give him a Masada style beating. Yeah. And then yeah. she goes, As and you then she uh, she goes, uh, she goes, uh, Jeff something. And I'm like, who the hell is Jeff? And she's like, he said he was with your organization. I'm like, I've never heard of the guy. Then she gives me a phone number. I relay that phone number around, and it turns out is it is an associate of a one Terry Landale. The I don't know how. <laughs> yes, as I was say, oh, I don't know God. how familiar you are with the man, but uh, it was it was an associate of his, um, and basically it ruined. Everything. Uh, we even called, or I, I don't want to say we because I didn't because I was too busy trying to get calmed down at the moment. But you and nails, you and nails, like a man in your position would have to do. Yeah, and then and one of our guys called Children's Hospital to let them know what was going on, and apparently they were told that. We were a bunch of cornies trying to use their name to draw money, and they would not accept anything from us. Wow. Uh, and that they had also been told that the show was canceled. So 
here we are. We had to put everything together within two hours. We basically had to put on book a show, you know, relocate it, and everything within two hours, and we did. Now, now um, before we go further, let me ask you because this is the logistic booker in me. How are you relaying this message back to the people who are going to work the show? I, I'm on Facebook. I'm texting. I'm calling. You know, I'm I'm telling my guys that were there because there were there were guys that got there while all this was going on, and I was like, you know, guys, get on Facebook. You know, whatever we got to do, just do it. Which we did have a secret, you know, little uh, group sure. on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. That was all of us, and which that helped. But you know, some of the guys they didn't they didn't want to make the extra trip, you know. And right, I could understand right. it for you some people. You know, you moved. How far away did the venue end up? Thirty being minutes away, away, at least. Yeah, about okay. thirty, thirty to forty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of the in, guys. In, not the worst case scenario, but. <laughs> Well, yeah, it definitely wasn't the worst case scenario, but not the best either. Because you go from yeah. Knoxville, which is a, you know, it's a mega city. You know, you you got everything comes through Knoxville. And you end up going to La Follette. Follette, yeah. Where where there's nothing. But uh, but we we still pulled it off. We we didn't get the numbers we could have, but I mean I, I'm not going to take anything away from. You know what we ended up having, and you know, and the guys that stuck with us and everything else that ended up being a good night. But for you know somebody, literally, just every time somebody does something in Knoxville, he's got Terry Lindell's got to stick his nose in it because uh, there was another show running that night on the other side of Knoxville. Uh, it was a Chase Stevens's AWA promotion. Yes. I get a I get a text from who was it? Or a, excuse me, a Facebook comment from uh Sean Schultz was working that show and he tells me that uh later that night the cop showed up to the show. Uh, under uh you know, under a uh, an anonymous tip which everybody knew. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which everybody knows. Anonymous tip means Terry Landale, and uh, you know, looking looking for any reason to get the show shut down. Uh, because any any time I've been on a show anywhere near not not full that that happens. I've been at a show in, in a church before, and they want to come in looking for drugs and stuff. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, what does Landell like? Does he run not full regularly, or what's the deal? He is just to let you know. He is the one that uh, Jim Cornette had the battlings with up there. Whenever he yeah. was smoking uh-huh. up. So, Cornette has Cornette tried to kill him, and I wish he would almost have. Ran, yeah, almost ran over him with his car. As a matter yeah. of fact. So there was lawsuits yeah. and all that at one time. Yeah, he. Uh, uh, I mean, anytime somebody runs a show, Terry will set up a free show down the street, across the street, you know, wherever from that show. I, I'm sure he does it when Raw comes to town. <laughs> I'm sure you're right. 
<laughs> now I'm gonna start checking. <laughs> but now we'll be on the Landell watch. <laughs> I'm, I'm, he uh, he tells he tells all his little junkie buddies. He's like, hey, you know, go out. Uh, any flyer you see, wrestling related, whatever. If it's not ours, tear it down. Bring it back to me. I'll give you a dollar. I'll give you a dollar uh, flyer or something like that. I mean. You know, just and then a few years ago, um, see, I told you we're we're going to go all over the place with this. Yeah, a few go. years, I'm not going to stop one bit. <laughs> few few years ago, there was a there was a little girl that died uh, in a car accident. This it, it was a friend of my sister's, and uh, and I asked the promoter I was working for at the time if we could put something together for her family and the other other kids that were involved. And he said, "Yeah." And I mean, everybody jumped in on this because it was it was a bad it was a bad deal. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we're we're a few days out, and Terry's got his uh, his little TV talk show, which he swears is like you know ESPN Sports Center. Uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, he uh, he gets on there and says, not only. Uh, not only did he say that we were just taking people's money and weren't going to give it to anybody, but says that there wasn't even a little girl that got killed in a car accident oh when it was on the news. And uh, then we caught him tearing down our flyers for that. Uh, that that didn't go well. Um, but that, that's just how he is. He pulled a guys that worked for him were uh, supposed to work a Toys for Tot show a couple years ago, and since it wasn't him putting the show on, he told them that if they ended up working that Toys for Tot show, they were banned from his show. Wow. It's not like there are wildcats coming in trying to start a, a rival promotion. Everything you've described has been like, oh, it's a one-off charity show for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. That that happens all the time. It happens all the time here. Um, Right. As a matter of fact, is the building that that y'all end up running in, is that the same building y'all run, Daryl? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's the same building that we run. It's a nice little uh, venue, but it's like I say, it's out there. It's right on the... It's right on the Tennessee-Kentucky line, just almost. It's just a few miles to Kentucky. But uh, yeah, we actually have shows there every month till the end of the year. But, yeah, I mean. And it's not going to hurt y'all one bit that no, there was no. a charity show there. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, yeah, we I, started running up there back about six months ago, and there's actually somebody that uh, can't seen what kind of numbers we did, and now they've started up running across town, you know. But, uh, yeah. It is what it is. You're going to have competition, and that's just the way it is. I'm not going to get mad about it. I'm just going to keep doing what I do. But, yeah, it, it right. happens everywhere. We're, we're having it happen in three of our towns where people are trying to come in because they see that it's, you know, it's a good show, and uh, you just you just keep going. That's all you can do, buddy. That, that's all you that's can a do. very different thing than, hey, man, I'm going to run this town because we can draw and we can raise money. For, that's a different ball game. And if yeah. – if you have an issue with it, I'm not. Even, I'm not going to say that you can't have an issue with it. I won't get on that soapbox. But I will say this: if there's a way to handle it 
and there's a way to not handle it. And oh my God, I say I'd have been, I'd have just been living at the venue for <laughs> just some random dude called and said it was canceled, and y'all was oh, okay, we'll cancel it. Um, did they have I can't imagine going what on I would do. Was anything else now? going on that day, Brad? That, were they doing something else at the building that uh, day? They had, they had like a. I want to say they had like a because because it, it was a boys and girls club, and they they had like a birthday party going on, but it was going to be over at like I want to say like five, you know. And yeah. we were like, and then I'm standing there, and I'm like, okay, well, can we just give you all this, and we just run the run after that? And they were like, no, because you got to. You gotta uh, have it in the day before and all that, and I'm like, but we've already had it in. And they were like, well, when you canceled, we took it off our books. So I'm just saying, and, and they're like, you know, they're they're talking to me, and I'm like, look, I'm not even the promoter. I'm just the guy that was helping book. So, you know, and then I'm, you know, also like, can you kind of tell me what this guy looks like uh, that that y'all have been talking to? I think I need to talk to him. Uh, and uh, they were like, you know, they they wouldn't give me that information either. But so th- that's where the story gets weird for me, Brad. Is that I understand uh, some underhanded treachery going on to get the thing canceled. But it sounds to me like it was not a deal of them representing themselves as part of your organization. It sounds like the same thing you were saying about they went in there and badmouthed you. And yeah talked them out of letting you do it and that was just the guys that they went under because if if I run the building and that is how, first of all I'm not just going to cancel a show on somebody who I've never talked to or issue one issue two right. is if the guys show up for this thing that they've had booked for months and they're like no we didn't cancel anything I don't know what you're talking about we're going to figure out a way to set this right because I don't want right. to be known as the guy who's running a rinky-dink operation and that you can just call down there anytime and cancel anything. <laughs> I don't right. want that reputation either. So that that really hurts you that instead of them uh, going under the guise of being somebody else, they just went in and blatantly said, oh, these guys are terrible. Don't let them in here. Right. Hey, you know, if if nothing else, we'll let these – go ahead, Daryl. I'm sorry. Had you put down a deposit or anything like that? Uh, that that's all on the the money backer guy, yeah. but he hadn't told me that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So I don't. But like yeah. I said, that was that was all him, and he was busy trying to find us a new venue while all that was going on. So we just kind of, you know, went with what we could from there because yeah, at that point you had very to hard to right. Yeah, yeah, because we had, uh, you know, we had two guys coming off planes. We had multiple guys coming in from out of state. I'm like, and I looked at him, and I was like, look, this is a lot of payouts if you don't find a building. Yeah. yeah. So you really? need to, I was like, you need to get on this. Did you get to work down the Dreamer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, basically all the uh, all the guys that got flown in, Made it in good. Uh, most of the guys that were coming in from out of town uh, were able to make it, or they got they had enough of a notice about the building change before they came too far out before they decided not to. Right. Um, 
But yeah, we, uh, Dreamer like showed up. Out as good as it could. But Dreamer showed up. You got to work him. So at least you got that. Yeah, yeah. As at the time, man, like I, I even told Dreamer, I was like, man, I'm like, I, I'm sorry, that was not my best performance because I, my brain is so scattered right now. And uh, and he actually told me he was like. He said, you know, he's like, if we get a chance to do it again, let's do it again. He's like, you know, because I would like to see what you can do when, you know, you don't have a thousand things on your mind. <laughs> well, the race is on, Daryl. The race is on. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've already used uh, the death wish uh, against Pondo, and uh, they they went all over the building. I think, uh, what do you think it was, at least 50 stairs you went down, Brad? Uh, yeah, fifty stairs. I went down very slowly. <laughs> How many heart yeah. attacks would he have during that match? <laughs> well, it, it was it was something. Uh, had a few things stapled. He didn't need stapled. Almost went over a top rail about thirty feet drop. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that did, was. Did we not tell you all in the in the meeting? Did Woody not tell you on the meeting night? If you don't fight, keep it near the ring. You can keep it right up there. Don't get out on the ground too much. He didn't tell you all that? <laughs> uh, I think we missed that part. <laughs> yeah. All right, but I, 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 let me tell you. Let me give you a little story on that, and I'll, I'll make it quick. That night, the the principal of the school was there because, you know, we're running a school there. Uh, after that, we always have to sign a contract with him. He writes in the side over here that no one is to be outside of the ring unless they're right around the ring, and none of the tables or chairs are to be used in any of the matches. I swear to you, I have that in writing every single time we put that building out. I'm not saying that it got rowdy or anything, but I I will say that we have that stipulation now. (laughs) Well, if you have Pondo and you got Brad Cash and it don't get rowdy, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> That's my thought on that. But but I will give you this much. He did not put in writing that there couldn't be any staple guns used anymore. So hey, you there know we, we go. That. So we looking so high. Do you know how long it took me to get those staples out? <laughs> I mean, those, those were down there too. I had I had I was stuck myself in so many places. Uh, no, you're not, not on that Empire show. Okay, I just want to make no. sure that we get out that there is. The Crazy from the Heat is, that's Sunday, right? Yes. Yes, 5 yeah. o'clock. Yeah, Start. so Empire returns on Sunday. Brad, thank you so much. I really wanted to hear that story, and I didn't want to hear it secondhand. And I'm glad I got, got it from the horse's mouth. And we'll have you on again to talk about wrestling, some good wrestling. <laughs> oh, for sure, you for sure. Thank Tell you. the people where you're going to be. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, next Thursday, well, this this Saturday night I'll be at UEW in Eastridge. Then next Thursday I'll be at Dragon Con. Uh, next Saturday I'll be in White House, Tennessee, uh, going against my old rival, Stevens. And let's see, then, then it's kind of just, Alphabet soup after that. I got to look at my schedule. It's a man (laughs) with a a full calendar. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Dell, how many y'all got? 15? Well, you know, we slowed down for September. Of course, we still have the the, uh, 
rental that we do, the contract with that, so uh, the title pond, national title pond that we do, we've got those shows coming up. But September the 10th uh, is going to be our next uh, show, and that's going to be in Canton again. We've got, yeah, we got some good names, Tyson Dean, Menace is going to be there. And and somebody I'm really excited to see, Woody Book, was Beastly Brody. He sort of does a tribute yes. to uh, Bruiser Brody, so I want to see that. And then, of course, you know, September the 17th, the Super Show. So that's about all we've got besides Absolutely the right. title ponds coming up. Tyson Dean is a NWA North American champion, so we, had right, him, we were yeah. uh, happy to have him with us last Saturday, so y'all get out there and see that. You can see PCW next on September the 3rd. That is the final show before Sacred Ground Chapter 7. So if you want to get your hands on an advance ticket, I advise you to have your asses in the seats and seeing what good we got cooked up for you. Uh, rumor has it we might have some uh, out-of-town guests stepping in. So it's going to be a good time. And I'm going to tell you, before too long, Brad Cash is going to be there too. Oh, yes. And we'll be tickled to have him. But ladies and gentlemen, we've done it again. That is our show. Thank you so much. I'm Matt Hagen, Daryl Morris, and for Woody, this has been Free the Hard Way. Thank you for listening to this broadcast. A production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.